Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Welcome to the show, World Soccer Radio on the Sports Byline Broadcast Network. Also coming to you on Sirius XM. I'm Nick Eber. Lots to get to today. I mean, a ton of stuff to get to today. Uh, we have a League Cup final on Sunday. We have a whole slate of Premier League matches over the weekend. We have a big story with the Champions League final moving from Russia. And we have a big story around the women's uh, national soccer team and their um, fight with U.S. soccer. So lots to unpack today, lots to get into. Hope you'll stick with me. I'm with you each and every weeknight, 6 p.m. Pacific, 9 Eastern, then again midnight Pacific, uh, 3 a.m. on the East Coast if you're listening to Sports Overnight America. Uh, really, it's um, it's great to have such a busy day and so much to get to. And, of course, it is Friday, so I will be giving you my Friday patented Premier League Pundits Picks and Prognostication Show so that you can uh, make whatever bets you need to on the Premier League this weekend. And we have a Premier League that is actually getting more exciting as the season's going on. It really, we got so many races. Top four, we got race for the title, got uh, relegation battles going on. We got uh, positioning for any of the European slots. Fantastic stuff. So stick with me because I'm going to give you, I'm going to direct you and give you my picks. I did okay uh, over midweek, and uh, a lot to talk to, uh, a lot to talk about as well because of all of the midweek games that we have, which was kind of like a huge bonus. Anyway, find me on Twitter at Nick Eber, N-I-C-K-G-E-B-E-R. Find me on Facebook, facebook.com forward slash World Soccer Radio. Uh, love to hear from you. Uh, that's probably the best place to reach me, by the way, is uh, is right there, is uh, on the social media. I do try to respond to everybody that uh, calls me. All right, um, the show is podcast. So if you miss any part of it, you don't have to worry, because as soon as the show's over, you can check us out on the podcast network, which is the Believe, B-L-E-A-V podcast network, but really anywhere you get your podcasts, whether that's uh, Google Podcasts, iTunes, um, and whatever else it is, Spotify, etc., etc. Uh, be sure to check it out. Right after the show's over, that's when we upload the podcast, so it's available to you to download onto your device. All right, I'm going to step aside, take a break. We'll be right back to kick off a jam-packed World Soccer Radio. Well, I welcome you back to World Soccer Radio. Nick Gieber with you here on the Sports Byline Broadcast Network and Sirius XM. And, you know, the Super Bowl is just a fading memory. And that gridiron football, well, it may be over for the season. Basketball is in full steam, both pro and college. But, look, if you want all the latest odds, totals, player performance props, or where the next fired coach is going to land, Bet Online is the number one spot for all of your sports betting needs. Head over to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use promo code BELIEVE, B-L-E-A-V, to get started. 
And it's not just basketball. Bet Online is your source for hockey, boxing, and UFC odds right up to what we had Olympics, but never fear that's over, right up to all of the soccer you could possibly shake a stick at, folks. La Liga, the Premier League, the Serie A, the Bundesliga, La Ligue 1, Major League Soccer, which has started up again. You name it, including Champions League, Europa League, all the FIFA tournaments, Bet Online is your number one online wagering destination. Plus, they have casino games. So, Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to wager on all your favorite sports and play your favorite games. Bet Online is where the game starts. And once again, 50% welcome bonus. Just use promo code Billy, B L E A V. By the way, I'd like to welcome all of our men and women in uniform uh, who are around the world listening to this show on the American Forces Network. Uh, I welcome you to the show. Hope you guys will stay safe, particularly those of you that have recently deployed to Eastern Europe. Uh, thank you for your service and uh, for doing such a great job in uh, bottling in that complete knob end, Vladimir Putin. And it, it, it is bizarre that we are in this position in 2022 where we're talking about two European countries fighting each other one invading the other, two UEFA countries invading each other, or one invading the other. It's the strangest outlook, really, when you think about it. And, and it just shows that some people, some people's paranoia and Neanderthal thinking will just, will just never change. So as a result of that, UEFA have decided to pull the Champions League final from St. Petersburg and relocate it to Paris. Now, I completely applaud UEFA's decision. However, PSG have to be thinking, Boy, things could not have lined up any better for us than a potential final appearance in our home city. And I'm wondering if UEFA shouldn't have been a little bit more circumspect in its granting of the final and taken it to some neutral site, more neutral site. A site where none of the teams in the last 16 a country with none of the teams in the last 16. Switzerland comes to mind, by the way. I, I, I just wonder. And it's funny because I was watching BBC a couple of days ago, and they had a whole piece on Qatar, the country of Qatar and the World Cup in Doha, and, uh, you know, it was a real fluff piece about Qatar. And, they, yeah, they talked about the human rights abuses and, uh, and all the rest of the stuff, but they really just kind of glossed over it. But when I saw that, and I thought, you know, the spin machine is in full effect. It's not the fact that Qatar won the World Cup by bribery, because I've discussed that with you many times. 
And many people are really surprised by my take on this, which is that you don't take it away from them because they won it by bribery, because that was the game. They just they just played it better. They outbribed, outgrafted, outbackhanded, and you know the Euro, the other the people that were up for it, which I think was England and and Germany, if I'm not mistaken, and the United States. You, you can't take it away because they played the game and won, but you can take it away because of the hundreds and hundreds of people that have lost their lives constructing an infrastructure, a footballing infrastructure in a country that just didn't exist. In a country that is so small and has such a small population and, and no footballing history, and, and, and don't tell me that I am... Uh, you know, a racist, and don't tell me that I'm anti-Arab because none of that is true. I actually would have preferred to have seen the World Cup spread out over the whole Middle East. You really want to bring the World Cup, bring football as the world's great peacemaker to the Middle East, spread it out amongst the other Gulf states. Look, they don't particularly like each other. You've got Bahrain and, I don't know, the Emirates and... Saudi Arabia in disagreement with, with Qatar and there was a boycott? Spread it out, folks. Spread it out. You don't have to be in a position where you're building seven gorgeous multi-billion dollar stadiums in a teeny tiny country where the stadiums likely will never, ever be used again. You know, you look at what happened in Cameroon with the tragedy and the loss of life and you think, geez, you know, how much... How much would that investment of, of, of what they put into these stadiums that are likely never going to be used again, how much would that have given to helping the football infrastructure and, 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 and policing and crowd control and doing all this sort of other stuff off the pitch for uh, continents like Africa and confederations like Af Africa Football Federation that really desperately need it? That's why I'm not a fan of the World Cup in Doha. Plus, of course, I'm not a fan of the November World Cup, but we have it. Let's just deal with it. As long as, as long as it doesn't somehow give FIFA license to do this every four years or somehow give them license to have a World Cup every two years, I'm not sure what, 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 the, you know, what, the big, what the big deal is. So we'll make a little exception, take the World Cup to a part of the world that it really has never been to. But give it to everybody in the region. Don't just give it to a teeny tiny country. That would have been much more interesting. Well, anyway, we're going to have the World Cup. It's going to happen. It's coming up in November. The World Cup in general is not like my favorite sporting event. I mean, really, uh, I'm, I'm much more into the Champions League and the Premier League, obviously. But it is what it is. What do you think? Twitter me, twatter me, reach out and flatter me at Nick Eber, N I C K G E B E R, Facebook, Facebook.com forward slash World Soccer Radio. Love to hear your take on it. And as far as moving the Champions League final from St. Petersburg to Paris, I mentioned that, you know, Paris question mark there, but I applaud UEFA for moving so quickly in punishing or the Russian Football Federation. Any institution of the Russian government needs to be held accountable for what they are doing in Ukraine. 
It is shocking. It is disgusting. It is just blatant empire building and oppression. And I'm not saying that America has never done that, and I'm not saying that the United Kingdom have never done that. Of course they have, but we're in today. This is 2022. It's enough. The world has to stop up, to step up and stop this lunatic before we do have a serious, serious problem. I mean, you, if you're in Ukraine, you've you got a serious, serious problem right now. All right, enough politics. I'm going to step aside, take a break. Ah, I'll be back with more politics. Let's talk about the U.S. women's national team settling their lawsuit with U.S. soccer. Be right back after this. Sex and drugs and rock and roll Is all my brain and body need Sex and drugs and rock and roll It's very good indeed Keep your silly ways Or throw them out the window The wisdom of your ways All right, welcome back. World Soccer Radio. Listen a bit to the late, great Ian Drury. And the blockheads with uh, what is a classic uh, trope and song, sex and drugs and rock and roll. World Soccer Radio on the Sports Byline Broadcast Network, Sirius XM, iHeartRadio, TuneIn, the award-winning Sirius XM app, of course. We're also on the American Forces Network. And our podcast on the Believe, B-L-E-A-V Podcast Network, or anywhere you get your podcasts. We are presented by betonline.ag. And the U.S. women's national team players have settled their class action equal play lawsuit against the U.S. Soccer Federation for 24 million bucks. The U.S. Soccer Federation is going to pay the players a lump sum of 22 million bucks distributed in a manner, it's up to the U.S. women's national team players uh, how they will distribute it. But basically each player is going to get about 50 grand. Plus 2 million bucks is going to go into an account to benefit women's national team players in their post-career goals and charitable efforts related to women and girls' soccer. The rub here is that it's contingent on a new collective bargaining agreement being ratified by the players and the women's national team. Once this happens, then the settlement will get approved and it will end this litigation. The U.S. Soccer Federation is committed to an equal rate of pay going forward for the women's and men's national team in friendlies and tournaments, including the World Cup. And that any way you look at this, and I'm sorry to say this, you know, Megan Rapino can say that this is a great win. It's not, folks. This is not a great win for the U.S. women's national team. And the reason for that is very simple. A court basically threw out their equal rights, equal pay disparity claim. The court basically said, you negotiated this contract, this is your contract. Under collective bargaining, this is what you negotiated, this is what you have. 
Now, they had appealed that ruling, but I don't think that appeal was going to really fall on particularly receptive legal ears from everyone I've spoken to. Uh, and that would have been a huge blow to the U.S. women's national team attempt to hold U.S. soccer accountable. There, there's some stuff in this, in this lawsuit that was just absolutely ridiculous, okay? In fact, I thought a lot of this was absolutely ridiculous. And, and, and I'm going to just revisit this for the final time. Number one, I'm a big believer in equal rights, equal work, and equal pay. Absolutely, completely, 100%. The notion that women's soccer, because it's not as strong and as physical as men's soccer, somehow they deserve less for playing a game, is lunacy and stupid and insulting. And I've told you a hundred times, women's soccer is a different game from men's soccer, but it, 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 it's, just, it's just stupid. I mean, it is the most insulting, ridiculous thing. Really? Are you telling me women's tennis isn't worth as much as men's tennis because women aren't as strong as men? That's stupid, okay? The problem is, though, folks, is that the U.S. soccer had a collective bargaining agreement with both the women's team and the men's team. And the women wanted certain things that were different than what the men's wanted because there is a disparity in pay, not at the U.S. soccer level, but at the professional club level between women's soccer and men's soccer. Did I wish that was gone? Absolutely. But the reality is we're probably 25 years or so away from really, really, really strong, powerful, moneyed women's teams with big media rights packages, you know, being able to anywhere near approach the type of uh, level of pay that men get. You see this in the NBA, by the way. So they made a collective bargaining agreement because they needed different things, which were totally, totally valid, by the way. They said if you want the U.S. national team to continue to lead the world, we need to invest in the professional league, and we need to invest in those U.S. Uh, national team players who played in the domestic league so that we can help make this league really competitive to continue the advancement and development of these players. Absolutely. I agree 1,000%. So U.S. soccer said, fine, we're going to pay each of the 16 players in the national team pool that are in the U.S. Women's Professional League here. We're going to give them a hundred grand a year each, okay? And benefits, and this, and that. We're going to have different pay, different pay structure. You know, so we're going to have some players in the national team program that are on salaries, and other players will get bonuses for games. This was all agreed upon by the players, and then the women have this sort of crazy concept. The women said, "Well." When Germany wins the World Cup, they get, you know, $75 million bonus. And I, I'm pulling that out of my ass, folks, because quite honestly, I don't remember what the bonus for winning the World You guys want me to look it up? Okay, I, I'll, I'll look it up while I talk. Men's World Cup bonus. Here we go. To win. $400 million in prize money for the 32 teams. It awarded 30 million for the 24 teams at the Women's World Cup. The winner of the Women's World Cup got a $4 million bonus, and the winner of the Men's Cup got a $38 million bonus, 
which of course was France in 2018. So the U.S. women said to U.S. soccer, well, wait a minute, we won and we only got $4 million, but France won and they got $38 million, therefore you need to pay us another $34 million. Now that, my friends, is ridiculously stupid, okay? That is the most ludicrous argument in the world. It's like, uh, I don't know, it's like an attorney in a small town somewhere in uh, Arkansas that's trying to build a little practice there, looking at, you know, the head of a huge New York firm and saying, well, he makes 10 million a year and I only make, you know, 80 grand. Therefore, I should make another, you know, $9,920,000. It's a kind of lunacy comparison it's just silly and why is the difference well it's different because of where women's soccer is in global value for sponsors viewership etc that's not mean to say i don't personally value it i, I really do i love the u.s uh, i love women's professional uh, soccer i love women's international soccer by the way almost more than men's so it's, it's crazy so anyway any way you shake it this was not a win for the u.s women this was a consolation prize for them. It let them save face. It let U.S. soccer get this behind them. U.S. soccer kind of took a little mea culpa, paid a little bit of money, well short of 50% of what the women uh, wanted. And we move on onwards and upwards, which is what should have happened a long time ago. And we can focus on really growing the women's game. And, I, and I've said this to you, and I'll say it again, and I'm going to say it one more time. We are not going to have, MLS will never reach the heights of the Premier League. Or the Bundesliga, or La Liga. Its structure just doesn't allow for it. It's much more of a, you know, it's very happy kind of living where it is. But the Women's Professional League has the possibility to be the Premier League of women's football, and we can have it right here in the United States, where we have the biggest women's players in the world, the Messis, the Ronaldos, the Venetiuses, right here on the women's side, playing right here in America. We have that opportunity. It's very rare that the U.S. is in it, or any, any country is in so, <coughs> excuse me, such a position at the cutting edge of something where just the smallest investment, the smallest attention can grow it into an absolute monster. And if you think there isn't an appetite for women's sports, you're wrong, folks. Again, I'll bring you to the era when women's tennis dominated. Maria Sharapova, remember that? I mean, you know, all these... Uh, well, listen, I'm, you know, I'm not a big women's... I don't really follow tennis, so you'll excuse me if I'm you know, not so up. But I'm, the fact that I know a bunch of women tennis players tells you all you need to know. It's time. And, and, and I think maybe, no disrespect to Megan Rapinoe, who's a great player and very outspoken, and everybody's entitled to their opinion, Maybe we just need to really all get on the same bus and all go the same place because we all really want the same thing.
And if you really met anybody on the street that said, I think women should be paid less than men. I mean, hello? That, now that's a Vladimir Putin-esque type of statement, right? <laughs> hello? What's wrong with you? So you have your CBA coming up, negotiate the deal you want, shut up and let's all work together to make women's soccer the next huge sport here in the United States. All right, when I come back, it's time. Let's talk Premier League football right here on World Soccer Radio. All right, welcome back, World Soccer Radio, presented by BetOnline.ag. Head over right now and get 50% bonus on your first deposit. Just use promo code BELIEVE, B-L-E-A-V. We have a whole slate of Premier League matches and a League Cup final to look forward to. Uh, we're going to get to them all this segment. Let's just brief you briefly on what happened midweek. Covered, of course, all the games uh, over last weekend, uh, we have a title race, folks. I mean, Liverpool did what they had to do more than what might meet the eye. I'm going to talk about that briefly in their 6 0 thumping of Leeds United at Anfield. Crystal Palace, by the way, go to Vicarage Road and get a 4 1 over Watford, which um, is unfortunate because it really puts Watford in a terrible position. But Palace get the job done. And probably the most surprising match of the midweek was Burnley at Turf Moor getting a 1-0 victory over Spurs. Spurs, of course, coming off that shocking victory over Manchester City. Where, by the way, I might say, I thought they were the better team. Arsenal come back uh, and beat Wolverhampton Wanderers at the Emirates. Wolves having a bit of a resurgence right now. But that was a very big result from Arsenal, uh, who now sort of find themselves uh, two games in hand and only two points behind Man United with two two games in hand looking at that fourth spot. United, on the other hand, for all the discussion about the problems they're having, haven't actually lost a game in the Premier League since January 3rd. So it is getting really bloody interesting in the Premier League. I talked about Liverpool's 6-0 tonking of Leeds United, and the reason that that was so important is because the goal differential now Liverpool and Manchester City are tied, have both played 26 games. Manchester City, after their loss to Spurs, are now only three points ahead of United. They still have to ho uh, only three points ahead of Liverpool. Excuse me. They have to host the Reds at at, at uh, the Etihad, and there's a four-goal goal differential between them, which means if that game is a tie, that helps Man City because then it's only two points. But if Liverpool win that game. Even if the net margin is one goal, Liverpool will then be tied on points with City and have a goal differential of five goal uh, advantage over City of five goals. So it is fascinating. The 38 games in the season, we're 26 in. We've still got 12 matches to play. So there's a lot still to play for. I, I, I predict both City and Liverpool are going to drop points going forward. So it is very much a title race that has blown wide open. 
And if you want to look at just pure form, right now Liverpool, I think, probably the most informed team in the league. By the way, City this season lost three goal, three games. Liverpool have lost two. It's really the draws again coming back to bite Liverpool in the arse. We're going to talk about, in just a, a few minutes here, we're going to talk about predictions for the next matches. Liverpool, by the way, will play West Ham United next Saturday. They, they're not playing this weekend uh, because they have a League Cup final against Chelsea. And that is a piece of silverware that Liverpool and Jurgen Klopp would absolutely love to win. So I'm going to give you my predictions for that game. Manchester City will face Everton. Chelsea, again, League Cup final. United are going to face Watford. Um, West Ham, Wolves. Tottenham, Leeds. Brighton uh, will play Will play Villa. So let's get to it, shall we? Uh, all the odds here I'm going to give you for these matches are courtesy of our good friends at Bet Online. We'll head over there and get 50% off, uh, 50% uh, bonus on your first deposit. Let's start, shall we? Ellen Road, where Leeds will host Tottenham Hotspur. <clears throat> and, you know, a, a miserable midweek for both of them. Tottenham coming off the high of the victory against City, losing 1-0 against Burnley. And that was a surprise. I mean, you know, did you really think Leeds were going to beat Liverpool at Anfield? I didn't. It was possibly the six goals that was the shock. But you know they were going to do that, by the way, because Bielsa's side just comes out and attacks and, you know, devil may care, right? Spurs have lost four of their part of their last five games. Um, and that's kind of what you get with them. They're sort of all over the place. Consistency is not what this team is providing. And if you want to get into the top four, you have to have a lot of consistency. Least problems, though, they are deeper than Tottenham's, I think. I've been saying this since we started, since last year. Leeds, you get what you get. You know, there's no variation to it. It just is what it is. And because of that, I think Leeds are unfortunately going to get tonked again by Spurs. And folks, if you think Leeds aren't in the relegation battle along with Everton and Newcastle, I'm sorry, you're delusional. They are, which is a bloody shame. Love having Leeds in the Premier League. But I have to give the nod here, okay, to uh, Tottenham Hotspur. The odds makers would agree, minus 115 for Tottenham Hotspur away at Ellen Road. I suggest you take that. Let's go to Brentford, Newcastle. And this is a big game. This is a really big game. Brentford right now are only two points in front of Newcastle. Newcastle are set only two points in front of Burnley, who own the last relegation spot. Burnley have a game in hand, though. And Brentford are about as inconsistent as you can get. They had a, a lovely start to the season, I think, where they surprise a lot of people finding themselves in seventh place around October. Uh, but since that time, they've only had three wins and a, and a few a handful of draws. The rest have been losses, of course, coming off that 2-1 uh, loss for their last time, uh, last outing against Arsenal. Um, uh, Newcastle, for me, are a team with much more momentum. They haven't lost a match since, uh, what, 19th of, 19th, 20th of December when they lost uh, at home against Newcastle. Uh, they have... 
the, uh, the uh, bright future to look forward to with the Saudi money. Um, I know a lot of people are predicting a draw on this one, but I am not going to do that. Um, I'm going to pick Newcastle for this one away, plus 205. Lovely odds. Odds makers actually prefer Brentford for this one. Uh, Brighton, Aston Villa. You know, Aston Villa, wow. Poor old Stevie. He had a nice run initially, and then it's gone a little bit pear-shaped as of late with losses against um, Newcastle and a loss against Watford. You know, it, it's one thing to lose against a Liverpool or a Chelsea or a United or a City. I mean, they lost 3-1 at home to Chelsea, but it's another thing to lose against Brentford, Newcastle, and Watford. There are problems at Villa. And Brighton, despite having lost two on the bounce against Burnley and United, are a team that is capable of doing some business. They may be not scoring enough goals, okay? They're certainly not scoring uh, nearly as many goals as as Villa are. Um, that's why I think this game is going to be a draw, folks. Villa's not scoring goals, but defensively they're not that bad. I I'm going to take a draw. Uh, let's take a 1-1 for Brighton Villa, plus 235. Crystal Palace, Burnley, wow. What a result for Crystal Palace in the midweek, huh? Coming back, beating Watford 4-1. And then Burnley, they've won two in a row, beating Brighton and beating Tottenham. And they are looking to get out of the relegation zone. This should be a good game. Crystal Palace are fully capable of scoring goals. And Burnley, well, Burnley also having a bit of a resurgence. This should be a fun game. But I'm going to predict a draw for this one also, but a score draw, at least 1-1 or 2-2 for me, but I'm going to take a draw plus 250. Man United, Watford. Well, <laughs> you know, uh, back in November, Watford won this one 4-1. Uh, that was Ole Gunnar Solskjaer. This is Ralph Ragnick. Man United are on a bit of a hot streak right now. They've lost only one game. And that's against Wolves since November when they lost to Watford. A couple of disappointing draws, but there's no way that I see Man United losing this game. At Old Trafford... It's going to be United, minus 310. Ozmakers agree. By the way, United's performances haven't been great, but their results have helped gloss over a lot of other issues. Everton-Man City is the final. Uh, we still have some Sunday games. Everton-Man City. Uh, Everton are in some serious relegation issues. It's just going to be compounded, folks. Compounded by a loss to Manchester City, which is what they're going to suffer. Uh, it is currently... Let's have a look. Uh, they are plus 975 to win. Man City, by the way, only minus 360, but I'm going to take Manchester City for that one. Right? You kind of have to. All right, let's get on to the League Cup final, shall we? Chelsea, Liverpool. Liverpool. 
silverware that Liverpool are absolutely desperate to win. Silverware that Chelsea are desperate to win. By the way, West Ham Wolves is the other game, and I apologize. I uh, glossed over that one. I'm going to take West Ham 2-1 uh, against Wolves. The question is, it's a League Cup final. Silverware's on the line. It's going to be a good game because, you know, despite Chelsea's, shall we say, poor, uh, fairly poor run of form of late. And by the, by the way, when I say fairly poor, I mean, a draw against Liverpool was a good result. Of course, that was in the Prem. That was beginning of January. The draw against Brighton, you know, they had a loss to Manchester City. They beat Tottenham. They beat Palace. They just haven't looked as disturbing as you would think they would with a guy like Lukaku, who's obviously having issues. But they are going to make a major game of this, folks. There is no question about it. If you think Tuchel's side is going to roll over at Liverpool, you have another thing coming. This will be potentially a great final. I don't think it's going to be a massive high-scoring final, but you have to think Liverpool, with their current scoring ability, with, you know, Salah, with Jota, I don't know if he's going to be able to play, though, with Mane, Firmino, and Diaz. And, uh, you know, it's it's really, they all really have a lot of firepower. By the way, Luis Diaz looks like to be a great signing for them. The team that is the top-scoring team in the Premier League right now with 70 goals. By the way, they have outscored Chelsea by 21 goals on the season. And defensively, they have a very, very similar defensive record. Uh, folks, I'm going to say this is a 1-1 game, going to penalties, and I'm going to edge it to Liverpool. Uh, the Very quickly, because I've got 20 seconds here. Um, the odds makers have Liverpool as the favorite at plus 130 for the game. Uh, to lift the trophy, a favorite at minus 150. All right, I'll be right back to wrap it up on World Soccer Radio. All right, uh, just a couple of minutes left, so I sort of want to get right to it. It's been a very, very busy show with all these huge stories going around the world of football. I hope you've enjoyed it, and uh, will remember to join me every uh, weeknight, 6 p.m. Pacific, 9 Eastern, then again, midnight Pacific, 3 a.m. on the East Coast on Sports Overnight America. Okay, let's get to it. So here are my picks. Leeds Tottenham. Uh, take Tottenham away at Allen Road at minus 115. And Newcastle United at Brentford. Big, big, big relegation battle here. Uh, I say Newcastle will win this at plus 205. Probably the best value. By the way, all odds courtesy of betonline.ag. Brighton Villa. Well, Stevie Gerrard's going to have another rough day. I'm saying a draw at plus 235. Crystal Palace at Burnley. Um, you know, I'm going to change my tune, folks. I said draw, but I'm actually going to change it. Uh, Palace had a great 4-1 uh, win midweek. I think they are going to be there minus 108. I'm going to take Palace 
odds makers would agree. So minus 108 for Crystal Palace. Man United, Watford. Uh, United, you have to take them at minus 310. Watford looking like they are done and dusted, which is a shame. But uh, they have played appallingly badly this season. Everton, Man City, relegation battle ahead for Everton. Manchester City will win this and win this fairly easily, minus 360. However, of course, I will be pulling for the Toffees because I want Liverpool to win the league. All right, Chelsea-Liverpool, League Cup final on Sunday. Uh, I think Liverpool are going to win this in regulation. They're going to win this match. Uh, pardon me, going to win the trophy, but I think the match will go to a draw and then penalties. The draw plus 225. I checked the wrong box. That's why I kind of caught myself there. Uh, but they will lift the trophy, which is minus 150 for Liverpool. Should be, should be. And again, you just don't know, but it should be an epic match. I'm going to look forward to it. Uh, let's chat about it on Monday. Hope you'll join me then right here on the Sports Byline Broadcast Network and Sirius XM. Presented by betonline.ag. Remember to grab the podcast. Go subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Check out World Soccer Radio. Till Monday, folks. Have a great weekend. Enjoy the football. Stop my talk, man. Way to the motorway station. Fairly who's coming up on the left-hand side. Headlights shining, driving rain on the window frame. Little young lady starters ditching her ride. And it's a two, four, six, eight. Isn't it too late? Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.